episode three of Staff Chat. We're digging into chapter five of the Blue Parakeet again today. And so we've got the normal crowd around the table. We've got Amanda, Katie, Hunter, Steve, and myself. So let's dig in here. Yeah, so chapter five was titled The Plot of the Wiki Stories. We just looked at one chapter this week. Uh, there were some people asking, um, and if you're following along on the podcast, you may have seen, but if you haven't, uh, we put out a schedule of the episodes and which chapter we're going to be go- chapters we're going to be going over. So that should be helpful, and then you'll know there's a couple weeks in there where we aren't going to have um, episodes. But um, what really stood out to everybody about this chapter? Mm. <laughs> Not everybody wants. This chapter wasn't near as much fun as the previous ones, and I don't know if it's just because, I, like, I, I don't. Maybe I'm more tired. I don't feel like I am, but I mean, there's good stuff here. But I don't know. It's we were just sitting here talking before we pressed record, and it was like, oh, it's okay. And I was like, I didn't really enjoy it. But Hunter, you said you really enjoyed it. So. Yeah, we we were all. Wow. There were some of us that really enjoyed it. This was my favorite chapter of the book so far, um, and then some of us that didn't like it at all, and then some of us that liked the first half or the second half, but not not the rest of it. Um, I think it could be wrapped up just by one word, and that word might be oneness. Um, that was kind of the word that that went throughout, especially the second half of the book. But y'all, y'all just start at the start at the beginning. What 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 things stood out to you? I liked on the first page where he kind of paints a picture of the Old Testament authors and the New Testament authors, you know, sitting on either side of Jesus, and you know, basically asking for permission to tell their, I guess way of telling the story as far as how the Bible um, becomes the story with the plot, the characters, and the authors. I just thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that part was good. Um, that We say the Bible's a story because if we read it from the beginning, it has the plot, the characters, and we see many, many authors. That was, that was a, that's a good kind of introduction into what he means yeah. by the Bible of the story. Well, so at the beginning it goes on to tell about, well, he explains basically the story of the Bible. It's the kingdom, Mm -hmm. his kingdom story. So he breaks down the Bible into three sections, theocracy, monarchy, and Christocracy. And what I liked um, in the Christocracy section, which is when Jesus has come, um, it's explaining the gospel, and it talks all about, um, basically it's not about us, it's about Jesus and centering the story around that mm-hmm. um, instead of making it about yourself. If yes. you, yeah, if you try to keep um, at the forefront of your mind whenever you're reading the Bible and whenever you're interacting with people or whatever, it's about God, it's about Jesus, it's not about ourselves. So he talks about... Um, the benefits of the story and how that's kind of secondary. Really, we should be focusing on Jesus. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I really like that part. What, what he was saying is that so often we don't start with Jesus. We start with our own individual salvation. That was this running theme is he's trying to get away from individual salvation, mm-hmm. uh, our personal salvation, just focusing on it. Um, and, and he really didn't say this, but his point was, when we're thinking about, okay, Jesus died for me, 
He died for my sins so I can go to heaven. That's a really selfish way of looking at it. And he's, he's instead saying, you need to look at the Bible as, as this story that is God's, God's plan for creation is the kingdom of God. The whole thing is about the kingdom of God. And, and that's what salvation is. It's not just a way that we get a benefit after, after we die. Um, no, that's, that's some good stuff. Well, I had underlined there on uh, 79, the bottom, um, talking about that. He said the redemptive plan of the Bible is to restore humans into a oneness relationship with God, self, others, and the world. I thought that was an interesting way to think about it um, because that's exactly what it is. Yeah, and, and see, this was definitely my favorite chapter so far because what he's talking about right there is he's saying we're going back to what it was in the beginning. We're going back to Eden we were cre- we uh, like if you look at the story of Adam and Eve, they were created to be one with God, one with each other. I love that part about one with each other, um, mm-hmm. and uh, the otherness or sinfulness seeking in, and then that's what kind of said, "Man will, will rule over you." Mm-hmm. Um, that it was that wasn't how it was created to be. That was a part of the brokenness, the otherness. Um, that was that was some good stuff, and and the ultimate goal is to get back to that Garden of Eden where we're like you said, one with uh, with God, ourselves, with others in the world. Dan, what'd you get? Um, well, back to what Katie was talking about in the Christocracy, I'd underlined. Um, this is on page seventy. He lives with us, shows us how to live, and teaches us the way of God. And I, I think that was just a reminder, like. As, as ministers, as, you know, uh, leading, you know, specifically with my role here at the church with our, our student ministry, like that's kind of my goal each and every day, along with everything else, the, you know, this book and God's Word is, is telling us, that's kind of the heartbeat of it is to point students towards Jesus. Like, He showed us how to do it. Everything that I teach students should show them how to be more like Jesus and everything that they do in today's world. Mm. So, I just, And doing I that like, within community. He was talking about the nation of Israel and, yeah. and the importance of, you know, that journey with community. And I think that's what people have gotten. I, I, I don't know. It seems like our biggest struggle right now is helping people to understand that. Um, the, the body of Christ is important because of our need for that oneness with others mm. um, and community. And I think so many people are looking for that oneness and that community in so many different ways. Um, there's a hunger for that, but it's the wrong kind of community that we actually need. Yeah, and... Um, Katie, go ahead. You're assessing. Well, I was just thinking, I've read recently um, and heard other people talk about how our culture in general is isolating. Mm-hmm. You know, we isolate ourselves and we, we're so busy that we don't have time to, to jump in and help each other or to have family units like there used to be, you know, back in the Old Testament times and how that's detrimental to us as a people. Mm-hmm. Well, we've, uh, I know, they're mm. making fun of me going, mm, yes. Uh, if you wonder who on the podcast does mm all the time, that would be Dr. Thrasher. They say good stuff. That's my, not that's how I agree. Illiter- illiterate Pastor Thrasher. <laughs> all right, well, before we get all, like, as he's talking about that, 
one of the things, if you think about like our society today, we're the most connected group of human beings that have ever lived. I mean, with the device I, well, now I have it in my hand, I didn't, but now like with my phone in my hand, I have access to everyone in my family, know exactly where they're at at all times. And one of the things that I think has created this otherness is that we're so created through social media and technology that we're losing how God created us to be in relationship and do life together. Mm-hmm. And and we feel like we're we're more we're connected when we really aren't because we're missing that personal touch, that personal interaction. And it's just crazy if you look at the the rise of technology and the the things that are out there for us to stay connected with family and friends. Also, depression and anxiety and all these other things are also on the rise, you know. So, I don't know if there's a direct correlation there, but that's just a, that's just an interesting thing to pick from. So, Well, and, and we talked about it a little bit last week, um, but what are the things in the church that we're doing that are fostering this, that, that's causing this disconnectedness? And, you know, you look over the last several decades or centuries and you see the the emphasis on okay like like i talked about a second ago christ came to save me it's all about my relationship with god we've totally lost how to live and uh within a christian community and what what happens is i mean like you were saying uh, dad about people people looking for that but but we're kind of getting away from that church's community well, we've, we've taught people over the last hundred years that they don't need a community of believers. They just need a personal relationship mm-hmm. with God. And so, and Daniel, what you're saying, it's almost as if while the world is becoming more connected, the church is, the church is doubled down on, yeah, but it's just about you and God. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. Even like the Bible studies, I mean, everything is, yeah. fo- is you know, your relationship with the Lord yeah. and, and not, you know, how you can necessarily serve and be a part of the church as a community. Well, and to, and our staff knows this. Some of you listen to podcasts may not know this, but about a month prior to COVID, uh, in one of our board meetings, um, one of our board members asked if we, if our staff had considered um, hosting our services online. We have always posted recordings. Uh, we've made audio av- available on podcasts. We were making video available, but it was like a week after the fact. We weren't live streaming anything, so they were asking about us live streaming our services. And I said in that board meeting, um, you know, I I had a problem with the live streaming. Um, and that as long as I was the pastor, we probably wouldn't be doing that. And then COVID hit, and we spent about twelve grand on uh, getting equipment to live stream. At least because we had to do it. But I think it's a a huge hindrance to exactly what we're talking about here. I mean, we're we're giving people more of an opportunity uh, to be isolated. Yeah, yeah, we absolutely are. Um, and 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 some people can use it as an excuse. It's a, it's a benefit for others that may physically, and we see that a lot. We've talked about that. Uh, that may not physically be able to make it here or live super far away to stay connected, but it could very easily be used as an as an excuse um, to say, "Well, I'm watching church. 
so I've got that personal relationship working, but even though you're removed from the actual community. And to be honest with you, I think it also gives us an excuse, or maybe it does me, but I've noticed, you know, somebody will say, well, where's old so-and-so been? And I'm like, well, they're probably listening online, you know, and I just kind of leave it at that and kind of even write them off. Not my responsibility anymore, you know. They're the internet pastor's responsibility, whoever that is. So I, I, I don't know. I think it, the, the, it, the excuse goes both ways, and probably need to be more aware of that. But it's hard to keep track of people that are part of your church if you don't ever see them. Yeah, it is. Do you think that's something that, as you know, like church leadership, not just you know us here at Greenbrier Nazarene, but in general? Do you do we have like the space in the room to just uh say that, you know, from the platform or to approach those individuals and just, you know, basically I don't want to say call them out, but for lack of better words, call them out and go, "Hey man, where you been?" Like like everything we're we're trying to do and pre- like it's about being here and being part of what God's doing. And is it that they have to be in the Greenbrier Church of the Nazarene? Well, no, not but Sitting on your couch by yourself, that's that we're one hundred percent against that if you have the ability to to come and be part of it. But I mean, is it kind of those deals we're scared to to say that because like, oh, they may get mad and leave? Well, they're not here anyway. <laughs> you right. know? So I mean, can can we say that? I mean, I, I just said it on a podcast that, you know, twelve people are listening to, but they may leave, but I mean, you think there's only twelve people listening? No, to I'm being, I'm being, a, I'm, I'm being, six. I'm being mean. But I mean, can can we? You know, as you know, I guess as you know, spiritual leaders. I mean, that's what God's called us to do, and you know, it says we're kind of held to a little bit more standard. Like, do we have the the space or the the room to just approach someone in in a loving, caring way, not just be like, "Hey, man, where you been?" But just to say, but to be honest, but be honest with you. Um, experience that I have had and this is probably what keeps you from doing it if they are that far disconnected all they need is a reason for someone to you know they take that as someone being rude or you know accusing them or whatever and it would just get, then give them a reason to turn off you know yeah. whatever they so are it's, it's not it's not going to lead to something productive so I you know I don't know I would like to think that it would but I and know. I honestly think most people, they know. I mean, because mm. I know I've talked to several parents, like when they would start showing up with kids, and I'd be like, I've missed you. It's, you know, so good to see you. And there's a couple I've got in mind. But um, they just kind of look at me and kind of nod mm-hmm. their head. Yeah, we've been meaning to get back in. We've just been, you know, really busy or watching online or whatever the case may be. I mean, I just kind of, I guess, have a feeling that... The heart they know that they need to be mm-hmm. in or how many times did you hear like oh we've just gotten out of the habit and yeah for that that kind of breaks lot. my heart because i'm like so this was just a habit like no. it wasn't so a, this is this is what i've know. been thinking about this whole time while we've been talking about this is that there's some nuance in here that yes we want we want people a part of the community but we don't want it to become a part of the checklist yeah and and that yeah, that's that's, that's a conversation that we've been talking about for several months now like how do we make it a true community, not this just this place where you go once a week and just or twice a week hopefully, um, and just show up? Like, what does it what does it look like for the church to be a true community, not just this weekly experience? 
Um, and that's a question mark at the end of that, you know, because mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know the answer. That's something we're kind of, we've been talking about for a long time. Yeah, I don't know if that's, you know, more of, you know, one of the things that, you know, we've talked about in, in here when uh, when we're not recording is trying to get some of our younger families more plugged in. So we're, we're going to try, you know, here in a few weeks doing just a, a young adult uh, kind of Sunday school class. Uh, we actually had uh, a couple of kids sign up for it. So I don't know if I announced that wrong or what happened there. <laughs> well, but, because you're the leader. Of uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, children leading children. Um, but, but, but let me ask you this. Well, I wasn't done. Okay, go ahead. I'm just saying, like, is it? <laughs> no, my, my point was, like, do we need, like, is that the direction we need to go? And I guess, well, we'll check back with you here in a few months and say, hey, we need to do more of those small groups that are connected to a larger group connected to a larger group, or do we just try to do it all under one big umbrella? Like, that's, I guess, what we're trying to figure out. Hmm. Sorry, I'm done. Okay, can I speak yeah. now? Thank mm. you for permission to speak. You're welcome. Sorry if I seem a little distracted today. I'm a little distracted. Just came from a funeral, and Katie's sitting over here with a book light on her book, and it's <laughs> the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. So, <laughs> what were we talking about? It obviously young yeah. people. All the young people, and you know, we try different things to. You know, what would be appealing? We get caught up in this consumerism mindset. We, we fall into the trap of a lot of people that go to church. That's how they view church. It's this, cons what is in it for me? What can I get out of it for me? And then also, I, I feel like, you know, we, we try to do these things to target maybe young married couples with young children. And I just wonder if they look at that and go, oh, just something else they want me to do. You know, y'all got young children. I mean, what did you, Katie, one day you said, I'm just sitting here playing time Tetris, you know, trying yeah. to figure out what's a struggle to judge about, to yeah. juggle it. Yeah, and I wonder if when we throw things out there for young people with young kids, they go, ah, have you seen my schedule? You know, yeah. I, I don't even know. We have to be really careful that we don't say, okay, building community means we have more things for you to do. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a way to build community without saying, okay, we're going to have more classes. Yeah. Um, or we're going to do, we're going to have more time that the church takes out of your week. Because that is more about quality than quality. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yep. No, that's, that's, that, that's good. But what does that look like? Oh, I don't have the answers. Don't don't ask me. I don't know. Maybe Question preaching sermons about, with points. Have you have you got any feedback from the dinner groups? Oh yeah, oh, I love everybody it. I've talked to has absolutely loved it. Okay, so going back to the Old Testament, what do people do then to build community? I mean, they just lived it, right? It was just something like that dinner group mm -hmm. going and eating dinner with their. Mm -hmm. Well, even the early church. I mean, that was that was yes. the early church. So it was dinner groups. The, you know. I, I read this one time, um, or maybe it was in a conversation with somebody, but they said everything you need to know about how the early church looked like, you can go back to that story in Acts where Paul preaches up long into the night and the kid falls out the window and he <laughs> resurrects. He said everything you need to know about the early church, you can go to that. It was meeting up in the top of someone's house it was this conversation. Mm -hmm. They met around the table. They were eating together. Um, it was quality, and they were so excited about what they were talking about. They went until so they were literally falling asleep, like late into the night. 
Um, and that's the, that's all you need to know about the early church. Everything you need to know is there, and that's that's something we're missing out on. Mm-hmm. And I blame it on our culture, but yeah. how do we how do we navigate through that and try to figure out a a way to get back to it? And tying it back into this chapter, uh, we've kind of chased a couple of routes. But tying it back into this chapter, how do we how do we foster this oneness? And not only and, and what stands out to me is yeah, okay, we can get on board with oneness with God, we can get on, on boardness with oneness with each other, maybe even self. But then you get into that oneness with the world part, that fourth, like like they were one with the Garden of Eden. There's there's something else there that's, it's just, I don't know, there's, there's a lot to think. What does that even mean? What does that look like? At first, I think the people that are going off the grid have got a, a foot in the right direction. Yeah. Because you <laughs> yeah. would think, like, how did, like, I don't know, a lot of times I think we always look for the easy answer. It was like, well, if we could just remove all these other things. But oh. then you're talking about isolation. Yeah. Right. So it's just yeah. it's like, there's not community other, there. That's, that's not easy, though. Mm-hmm. You know, you, like, no one, like, we're not going to do that. And so then it's like, okay, so how, what is that first step? You know, yeah. and is it... It's I, starting with conversations like this and then being intentional with your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, how do we got to start somewhere. How, how do we have this conversation with other people? I mean, we're, we're trying to have it here through this podcast, but we're only joking ourselves to think that anybody's probably listening to it. But uh, We feel like we're struggling today. We find a lot of amusement. <laughs> it's that book light, I'm telling you. It's the most distracting thing <laughs> If you get a lamp, ever. I could see. I think, I think it takes the church. I mean, what Daniel was saying about consumerism is the same thing. I mean, how, how I long... I said that. Oh, you said that? Yes. Well, that, it was, that's exactly right. I mean, how long has the church been... Oh. Driving, playing on the drives of of me, what I want. Uh, let's be better than everybody else, and let's be consumeristic. We have to almost be separate from all that, and I don't know what that looks like. I'm just kind of spouting, but and to to foster people's imagination, to say, okay, let, let's be thinking about the kingdom of God. What does Greenbrier look like as the fulfilled kingdom of God, and how can I work towards making that happen? Like if the kingdom of God is here right now, like if it, if it were to if Greenbrier were to become the kingdom of God, what what would change, and and what how how can I be participating in that? Um, I don't know. That's something that I've I've been thinking about for a while. Well, I I believe that we're we're on the right track as it pertains to the things that we do to try to serve others, and I know we're far from getting that right. And we really struggle getting other people involved, but I believe that's the key. And something that was that impressed me last week, and I made a comment when we delivered those food uh, pack shack. Yeah, the 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 dinners that we packed last week delivered to the schools. One of the counselors uh, made the comment, and you know, I said we had you know, over 80 people show up to help us with this. And she went, oh my goodness, that's amazing. And I was like, well, I believe with all my heart that if we do something that people see value in Mm -hmm. as far as loving others, I believe they want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. I I believe people are excited to be a part of that. And I, I think we saw that last week. So what does that look like? How do we continue that? Because we create a community within those 80 plus people that were here Wednesday night, but we are also at oneness with 
the world mm-hmm. in that program. I mean, you, am I no, I would on agree. track? No, yeah. I, I mean, agree. I believe that's what that oneness looks like with one another and the world. I believe it's in, oh, this simple concept of loving others. Yeah, absolutely. But you love others, but yet you're supposed to be set apart from the world as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, so there's I'm, like this otherness almost built into that. <laughs> and I think that's that's what he, he said a little bit. Like, that's why you have to center center it around Jesus mm-hmm. instead of center it around, you know. Yeah. But I, I, I understand that too. That, that, gets, that gets hairy. That gets kind of, I'm hoping he's going to address but that know, in the chapter. You know, you weren't asking for a specific answer, but just to think about, like, what were specific things that Jesus and his community did in that early church? I mean, seriously, what were some things? Like, could we go find a community member who needed help with the yard work and all of us gang together and go help? Or... You know, like a garden, go help pick someone's garden who wasn't able to right now for whatever reason. Yeah. Or what, you know, what, I don't know. But it's, I feel like it's got to be like um, not just a random, hey, we're going to go do this. It needs to be a group that yeah. has got that community, you know, like a small group to do something like that because then you feel, people feel like it's just something else. They've got to, you know, they're not getting the the grand scheme of things or the scope of it. It's just another box to check off or, oh, I've done my community service, you know, instead of doing it, like, as a community. So I think that that would be good for, like, you know, small groups or Sunday school classes or even, you know, like my Wednesday night classes when I would take the kids to do, like, nursing home mm-hmm. or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, a group that is... I just know how much people liked what we did this summer. Well, yeah. they, and they loved going to the um, Conway... Ministry Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, you know, they really... Yeah, I mean, what, what Katie said, um, what did the, the New Testament church do? Um, they loved on orphans and widows. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, how yeah. many times is that said in the New Testament? And, and there's, we definitely have orphans and widows in our community, but that's kind of translated to the vulnerable, like to the vulnerable and the, the, the people who need it most. And um, Vulnerable, I know what you're trying to say. Okay. <laughs> okay. I didn't know doctors said it that way. Okay. I'm, I'm Did I say that. it wrong? Vulnerable. 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 Yeah, anyway. he can't physically say it, I don't think. <laughs> that's okay, I just saw his... <laughs> It's All right, so, <laughs> final <Okay>. thoughts. <laughs> We're at the 30-minute mark, guys. Final, final thoughts. How do you, how do you mm. say vulnerable? <laughs> final thoughts. Uh, what's the last little bit? Let's take the next 60 seconds and just wrap it all up. Our discussion went so far off track of what this. I think this chapter was about, but... I, I just want to go back to the dinner group thing. I mean, um, that y'all asked about earlier, everybody that I have talked to has said, are we going to do dinner groups again? That was really enjoyable. I've had reports, of, and I, I don't want to get into specifics, but this one group... Um, a, a lady was sharing with me, and, and we didn't put any expectation on this we just said y'all y'all get together and do something fun once once a month um and a lady shared with me she said you know i got to know somebody in my church that i knew of 
I never really knew them. And she teared up when she started to talk about he started sharing his heart and some things that he had been through and, you know, work that God had done in his life. And she said, and, and this man, who I would have never dreamed, got emotional in talking about this. And it was really a special time, a bonding time for that group of people that did not know one another at all when they went into that. And I think if we can figure out a way to nurture those kinds of relationships that we're on the right track. Um, I believe if we nurture that kind of relationship among people, they'll get it right. Mm -hmm. That oneness of togetherness as the body of Christ, I believe by default they'll get the oneness in the world right together. Hmm. Um, yeah. No, that I, I think you're exactly right. Being able to foster those relationships within our community is going to naturally be like have people look like, okay, how can I get that same connection with others mm -hmm. outside of the church? This whole this whole chapter, um, while we kind of went down a few trails, I think it ties in really well because it's it's saying look at the Bible as the story of we were one. Then we started drifting into otherness. It calls it otherness. We started drifting into sin. Uh, he said there was a crack in that mirror. It, we're still in the image of God, but there's that crack. Sin makes otherness makes a crack in that mirror of the reflection that we're supposed to be. And the whole goal is to become one again with God, self, others, and the world. Um, and the whole story of the Bible is that is that kind of redemption arc. Yeah, I think that. I guess one of the main things I pulled from this last chapter is in how I how I talk about. Jesus in a relationship with Jesus because I mean I'm extremely guilty of talking about you know it's all about a, re a relationship and it is I mean that's kind of the the heartbeat of your your faith journey but it's you have to be connected to God as equally as you are connected with others so I guess for me trying to shift how I present how I communicate instead of I guess preaching a otherness Christianity preaching a oneness Christianity and just how I present through dialogue because I felt like I should add in a big word that I actually know what it means. <laughs> Not vulnerable. And how you say it. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll take that out of my vocabulary. Wow. <laughs> Katie and Amanda, any, any final thoughts? Then we'll wrap it up. Um. Mm. I did have a final thought. Let's see if I can find it. It was the last, at the very end, when he says, um, if the Bible is a story, how do we read it? The answer, we listen to God. Thus, the question might better be stated, what is our relationship to the Bible? And I thought, well, that's really good, because so many people you know, think, oh, I've got this right relationship with God, but they think the Bible is this historic relic. You know? And so yeah. I, just, I just thought that was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And turn the page, so I guess that's what we're reading next that's week. That's right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if nothing else, like, it's just this This book is, like you said from the get-go, Hunter, it's causing us to be a little uncomfortable. And it's really pushing me to think like, not that I haven't thought before, but just to think a little more, I guess, intentional about, you know, what is the Bible? Have I been reading it correctly? Or am I just going off of what I thought I've always knew was right? And not that it was wrong, but maybe there's mm -hmm. another way to look at it. 
Kate, last thought? I'm... We said it all? I think we said it all. <laughs> all right, well, so we start part two for next week's podcast. So we'll go to two ch- the next two chapters, chapters six and seven. Um, once again, <laughs> once again, check out that, um, that order of how we're going to be reading and the episode schedule if you want to be keeping along, up along with us. So where, where can they find that? They the can find that on our Facebook page on the comment of episode two. I'll post it generally with this episode as well. When it goes out um, today? <laughs> no, next week. Nope, two weeks. This episode is <laughs> gonna air two weeks from today. Yep. You're not gonna you're not gonna edit this while you're on your cruise. No. And I think I'm the only one of those that posted, so that's why I'm taking a week off. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll sign off. Thanks, everybody.